Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, um, I'm in a hotel room in Charleston, South Carolina, uh, getting ready to go to the Charleston Classic um, with, I could list all the teams, but North Texas is in it, Houston's in it for our Texas listeners. Um, I'm excited to go watch it. We'll see North Texas play St. John's, Houston plays Towson. Uh, Houston could, in theory, I guess, play Utah in the second round. That'll be interesting. We'll see who North Texas plays depending on their results. But yeah, it's gonna be gonna be fun. Is there another is there a scenario where uh your worlds collide and you get LSU versus North yes. Texas? Yes. Okay. Yes. But tomorrow, if North Texas and LSU both either win or lose, they play each other. Okay. Nice. So yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I hope it doesn't happen. It, like my life would be much easier if they just stayed separate and I'm able to cover one and then cover the other, but you know, we'll see how how it goes. But that's part of the reason I'm yeah. here because both teams are here, the two teams that I uh, cover and keep an eye on. So, we'll see how that nice. goes, but we have a lot to talk about. Um we were not able to do this on Tuesday because gosh, our schedules are right now between football and basketball are insane. It's just insane. <laughs> the the overlap as I call it is is kicking our butts. But we're here on Thursday morning for about 25, 30-minute podcast, and we're going to give four takeaways each, as we've done the, the previous uh, couple podcasts, to try to cover as much as we can in the state. And I have notes from earlier in the week. I have some notes from recent, but I'll let you go first. Uh, where do you want to start? Uh, I guess I can start with the biggest, uh, to my, in my opinion, the biggest headline. Um, I think it's Baylor women's. Um, they upset. Utah, they host number four Utah, beat number four Utah in the Farrell Center. And I just, I was, I was throwing at some numbers at you. And I, what was that? I was looking up the numbers because they've only played two games. So it's hard to take a lot from Baylor, but obviously this yeah. was a huge win. Uh, 84 77. And Sarah Andrews is up in points, maintaining her. I think she's averaging about four and a half assists up in points. Let me see if I can pull up the numbers exactly. Um, against Utah, she had 18 points and two assists, but four six from three as well. Yes, yes, and so she's up in points so far and down in in minutes by seven. She's averaging seven less minutes per game. Again, through two games, weird sample size, but still, regardless, great, off to a great start. 16 points up from 14.7. It's maintaining four and a half, roughly four and a half assists. And I think the biggest thing that I saw was that. Her per 40 is about 23 points per game right now, which, again, this is obviously on this type of pace. Um, yeah. Still, I, I the win itself, I think, is crazy, um, is a great step for this program. I think players like Asia Blackwell, she's taking a little bit of a time, taking a little bit of time to get going, obviously coming off an injury like that. Adriana Edwards seems to have hit the ground running. Um, she's averaging 17 points a game right now in two games after not playing at all last year. Um, rebounding is a little down, but it is what it is. I don't, I don't think there's going to be, that's going to be a big of an issue with Asia Blackwell next to her. So I don't know in terms of scoring Blackwell is not doing much, but she's also not the focal point of this, the scoring in, on this team. So I I'm very impressed by how Baylor started this season, not even just because of the Utah um, when that's obviously the biggest thing so far, but just how the roster's coming together, I think. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is a monster win, first of all. Utah is the number four team in the country. This is a team that 
very well could have beat LSU last year in the tournament. Um, Elisa Peely is an All-American level player, 22 points in this game. Uh, so very, very good Utah team that Baylor beats. I do think this is this was a great matchup for Baylor in the sense that Utah didn't have an imposing big because Utah – or I'm sorry, Baylor started mm. – um, Jada Walker, who was I thought was really, really good, four or five from the field. Sarah Andrews, Asia Blackwell, Dreonna Edwards, and Little Paige Bugs. And so that that five, you have your two true guards, two true point guards, and then you have three players that are all like 5'11 to 6'1 range. And so yeah. I am interested in the big picture, how they move forward in the front court and uh, what that kind of looks like. But overall, the talent on this team is – incredible i mean like you said sarah andrews is playing even better jade walker i think is a real player and then blackwell and edwards we know what they are some of the shots she took sarah andrews were very much like she's kind of entering her like alpha season where it's like officially her team um where it's like it's one of those shots that like if anybody else takes that shot you know they're probably getting pulled (laughs) um but whether she made him or missed him it didn't matter it was just the confidence that she took some of those deep shots with so yeah yeah uh bella Fonaroy. 12 mm-hmm. points, 5A shooting. Yaya Felder uh, last year was an all-conference uh, player in the MAC. It comes off the bench for them 18 minutes. So, mm. yeah, Baylor uh, women, really good, really good win. Um, they should shoot up in the rankings this coming week. And I believe um, their non-conference is not very hard until they get Oregon in December. I think they get a pretty easy run after this game. Yeah. All right. Um, my first takeaway, there's a couple here I could go with. I'm going to stay on the women's side and go with Texas A&M beating North Texas um, earlier. Hammering North Texas. Hammering North Texas. Now, the final score was only 19. Right. At one point, I think it got up to like 25 or something. I went back and watched the game. And it, wasn't that close. <laughs> it, it, and it wasn't that close. Like North Texas made a push towards the end to get to like 15 or so, and then A&M put it away. But regardless – this was exactly what I need to see from Janiah Barker, 8 of 14 from the field, 18 points, only two turnovers, like eight rebounds. That This is the Janiah Barker this team needs to be mm-hmm. dominant uh, because everybody else, you know, India Rogers was good, um, even though she only went three. Her, her efficiency shooting the ball has not been there yet, but I think yeah. she's still in control. You know, Lauren Ware is what she is, awesome, three blocks, eight points. I still love Aisha Kulabali. I mean, I think she's fantastic. Like her and Janiah Barker as a one-two punch off the wing slash forward is that's insane. Incredibly, just those are two potential all-conference players right there. Right. So I love that. Um, I love the pace they played with. Um, let me check my notes uh, that I wrote down. I love the like I said, the athleticism on the wing. UNT tried like some zone. They tried pressing. Uh, you know, Coach Burton tried some different stuff, but there's just not much that he was able to do. Um, I did think North Texas did get – like the, the front court for North Texas I'm not out on by any means. Mm-hmm. I think North Texas front court actually has some good potential this year to live up to what we you know kind of thought and hoped it would be. Um, I thought Desiree Colonel showed flashes. She can stretch the floor. She can shoot the ball. Um, yeah, she went two of three from three. I thought Tamisha Lampkin, even though she only went three of ten from the field, I think she's going to be fine. I like the look she got. So – um, yeah, Jocelyn Moore, 16 points. I didn't leave this game negative about North Texas as much as I did thinking, okay, AM through two games now is starting to put it together where we are they, they're starting to live up to the hype ish. That's, yeah. that's what I'm worried about here. No, I, I was about to say, yeah, that's where I 
they're starting to live up to everything. And again, even despite of not having somebody like who was expected to be a big piece like Kendall Hunter, um, they're still just cruising along, which is kind of crazy. All right. Um, I'm going to go with my first. I'm going to go with the first men's side for me. Um, is my, mine's more of a question because I saw this game and it was very interesting. Is SMU going to be okay? I think because so they, they lost to Texas A&M 79 66, but this to me, the second half got away from the first half was actually okay. And I think me and you, I think you texted me this or we were just like, this is just going to be an ugly team. Mm-hmm. Like they can't shoot. Like I think, let me see. I'm trying to figure out their effective field goal percentage right now for the season is 224th in the country according to Ken Palm. But their defensive, games. their defensive is 27th in the country. <laughs> and again, we've talked about Rob Lanier and how his brand of basketball and all that. I, I think they just might be an ugly team to watch that gets things done because I do still feel confident about this A&M team being. Well, you know, one of the top, at least the front run to me, the front run of the AC or the SEC, one of them at least. Yeah. And they were there with them for the most part. Like, the, you know, they're again, the game didn't get out of hand. Uh, and by any means, I think it got out of hand by their standards in terms of scoring in the second half. Yeah. You know, they can't give up 40 points and a half and win. Um, yeah. But still, I don't know. I, I watched this game and I was like, they're doing some stuff defensively that like is frustrating a pretty good team. Yeah. They, they- I mean, they held AM to 37% shooting, uh, 725 from three. I, I definitely was a game where AM looked uncomfortable. I think I texted you. I was I was actually pretty unimpressed with Texas AM in that game. And we can talk about AM in a second because I had sure. written down. But SMU. And there was Chuck a bad Harris, it was a bad game from Zurich Phillips, too. This is where I'm at. Zurich Phillips is gonna be Zurich Phillips. 315 yeah. from the four, oh four from three. He can't shoot threes still to this point. Yeah. It's a bad it's it's a bad sign. <laughs> Chuck Harris is going to be what they wanted Zach Nuttall to be, which is mm. a good thing. That's a positive. Mm. Chuck Harris, I thought, was fantastic in this game, obviously. 21 yeah. points, 5 of 7 from 3. Like, he can flat out score the ball. We, we knew this coming into the year, Chuck Harris was going to be big for them. But, like, outside of them, where's the scoring? Yeah. Nobody else had more than 7. I, I don't know where the scoring is coming from. Samuel Williamson, I'm sorry, it's it looks it's looking dire here in his last season. 1 of 7 from the field three points ambrose hilton is what he is is like a athletic ford right a wing i mean i i don't know where it the scoring comes from outside of those two at all and so because of that i yeah it's going to be ugly watching them play like it just is and even with that being the case they're going to have to um, defend at a high level uh, um lanier's son i forget his first name eddie eddie lanier i believe yeah i think so um, went three of six from three, so like they need guys to come in and shoot. Mm-hmm. But overall, and Emory, sorry, Emory, thank you. Um, <clears throat> Harrison Phelps are the two guys going to be taking half the shots every game. I mean, they took thirty-two of sixty-five this game, so they're literally they're taking half the shots. So yeah, yeah, SMU. I mean, what did, did I, I don't think my expectations change of them now through four games in the year. They they are. I don't know. They, they don't. They don't they don't change. I'll say that it's it's it is to me encouraging that they have. I think they're getting an identity. So so are you leaving this game positive or negative on SMU? I'm leaving this game positive on SMU okay. um, because I 
Yes, the Zurich Phelps thing is, is concerning. I'm, uh, let me see if he if I can pull up his season number so far. Um, but I will, I'll say this: I, I think that them getting an identity is something that's been a positive step because I didn't, I wasn't seeing that last year. Uh, he's at let's see, Zurich Phelps is at 13 and a half points a game on 30 percent shooting this year. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we'll see. I I don't know. I didn't. I don't want to say I was negative on this game, but it's sure. like you said, they are taking form in what they have to do, and they have to defend very well. So we'll yeah. see if if they can continue to defend at that level. Next, I'm going to go Lamar women's basketball. Mm, uh-huh. This is on my list. This team, takeaway, this team is good. This team is fun. This team uh, beats UT Arlington. I was about to say, and you want to talk? We can talk a little bit about UT Arlington, maybe being a little uh, red flag. Uh, I don't, um, don't really want to talk about them. Don't really don't want to talk about them. I want to talk about this Lamar team. Okay. Um, because, man, they are fun. Sabria Dean, we've talked about her in the last two years now mm-hmm. as being a you know, scorer that could fill it up. And, you know, maybe she'll have games where she scores 30, she'll have games where she scores like seven or eight. But, 30 points against UT Arlington, 9 of 15 shooting, 11 13 at the free line. She got to her mid range spot every. They ran the same ball screen and the same spot, I swear, probably 15 times in this game. And Sabrina Dean took like eight of her 15 shots on this, like just get into the mid range, pull up, like literally not even far, long mid range jumpers, like 12 foot jumpers, uh, just killed UT Arlington repeatedly. Um, and then, you know, Kasha Davis, only two of seven from the field, but I thought sure, like, presence was was there, 12 points, eight of eight from the free throw line. Um, in games like, in a lot of games, you know, free throw shooting will be important. Mm-hmm. I thought Lamar was extremely comfortable getting to the line and making free throws. So Sabria Dean and Kasha Davis um, did their jobs. Overall, really good team win for Lamar, where they just blew out. UT Arlington. And I mean, the final score was only by 17. They were up 39 to 20 at halftime. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a butt kicking basically. Um, I do think that granted it was late in the game. They kind of had a late, late ish rally. They started really bad against Texas tech. Um, I think that was the last game they played. They had a late rally. Granted it was late. So maybe tech kind of took their foot off the gas, but it was, it was, I don't know. This is a team that does not even have that late rally a couple years ago versus Tech. So I do think it it's showing pretty impressively, in my opinion, um, that this team's just they're a solid lower mid major now. Like I think mm-hmm. they just are. You know, they're one of the top teams in the Southland to watch. I think they get UTEP coming up next week, which will be a fun and interesting game. Nice little litmus test for them to yep. punch up, punch up a level. Um, and then they go through an interesting gauntlet of like they go through, I think they get AM, but then Louisiana, but then TCU. And then I think, let me see, uh, Loyola Marymount, and then Incarnate Word. So, like, they get like some kind of very big fluctuations in there, which will be yeah. kind of interesting to track to see how they come out of that, that range because it's not going to be easy, obviously. But um, still, yeah, I agree. This is going to be an interesting, a very interesting team to watch that now that they're kind of fully realizing themselves as, like a, as a conference contender. So, honestly. Um, all right. This one's kind of a two way. Um, I'm going to go, I think I'm, I think I'm getting more impressed with Texas every week and wait, men's or women men's. Okay. 
because they okay so here's the thing the uh the first first of all they got like the biggest off the court news yesterday with trey johnson committing which is massive for them um i think me and you are definitely under the we're never skeptics on how rodney terry could get talent um so i do think yeah and so i do think that's obviously a huge win for them so they went out and just drilled rice (laughs) like like drilled rice and I think I'm very fascinated with how this team's playing right now because it is starting to take the form of a Rodney Terry-ish team. And what I mean by that is they're not defending that well, but they're like a lot more fun to watch than I remember them being. And this is without Dylan DeSue. He's still not back. Um I believe uh, Zedric, Zarek Anyema has t- taken the first – or Brock Cunningham's first man off the bench. Zarek Anyema is getting a lot of minutes because they don't want to play um, Shedrick a lot of minutes at the at the five. And so it's kind of a, a three-way between him, Anyema, and Cunningham kind of at that five spot. And they're kind of letting the guards kind of do whatever. Tyrese Hunter has a lot of scoring freedom. Um, Max Abemus is kind of – he's kind of a neutral, I would say. He's not a, like necessarily going at 100 miles an hour, but he's – playing pretty well. Um, Ithiel Horton is also somebody I didn't expect to see a lot of this so far this season. He's in the starting lineup. Like, yeah, they're just very entertaining to watch. And conversely, I think it may be time to look at Rice a little bit more <laughs> because this team is just not – They lo- okay, so they lost by 13 to Harvard, which Harvard's a good team. Harvard's a good program. I'm not trying to – make that bad but rice was eight point favorites in that game by the way were they i did not know that oh i know that <laughs> i know that you're the you're the scott para hater Notorious let's just, scott let's just say i might have made some money off of fading scott para <laughs> look so last year of course this game was close i didn't expect this game to be as close as last year I went to overtime it was very weird yeah. rice losing um olivari is massive because this team, when it's just Travis Evie on the perimeter, yep. they don't have the scoring at all. They shot 38% from, from the field, 18%, four of 22 from three. Noah Shelby went one of seven from three off the bench. He was kind of their biggest threat, or at least tried to be their biggest threat. And Travis Evie went three of nine. Yep. Max Wheeler was very like, when he's your only playmaker, yeah, they were able to just kind of bully him and throw as many people out whether it was Cunningham or Anyama or whatever. Like they were getting anything they wanted against him. It just, I don't know. Again, this is Texas. I'm not expecting Rice to win this game, but the way they lost this game and the way that Travis Evie was able to be taken out of the game, the way Fiedler wasn't a scoring threat at all was an issue for me. Yeah. I'm going to wait another couple of, Give me a give me another couple weeks here, and okay. I'll see where I'm at with the rice. Okay, um, but yeah, Texas. They're not first of all the non-conference schedule is awful. Rice is probably the best team they play. In I was about to say it's not going to be great, uh, but I do like the way that they're playing in ter- yeah. in those games. They're just uh, literally right getting out and running. Texas next game is Louisville, so oh god, yeah, that's it's going to be bad. <laughs> I think they the worst, Wyoming... worst team they play on the schedule. <laughs> Well, look. Then they get then they get the Fighting Shock of Smarts, which will be a fun game. So, uh, in the, I think in two weeks yeah. or so, yeah. and they get UConn or Indiana in that um, after Louisville. 
yeah. so in the in the guard. So we'll see. So how it, it picks up in December, but yes, this November schedule sucks. Yeah. Um. Okay. UTEP. I watched the second half. UTEP men's basketball. Uh, against UCSB. Um, mm, that was a good win for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, UC Santa Barbara. And my takeaway is UTEP, for the first time under Joe Golding, looks like a Joe Golding team. Mm. And I, I don't. I'm trying not to hard. I'm trying hard not to overreact. This is their first real game. Uh, sure. Their first few games were against, I think, uh, Division Two school, or right. NAI, whatever it was. Um, this UTEP team. I I just like the way they look. I like the way they play. I like the physicality. I like the guard versatility they have. Zip Howell, uh, twenty two mm. points. Um, it's like every game they've been able to have somebody different step up. Mm. Um, I think in their first game, Elijah Jones had like twenty something points. And he's a freshman. Tay Hardy obviously had nineteen points against UCSB. Zip Powell, twenty three. I like the way Calvin Solomon and Otis Frazier look in the front court. I mean, Corey Camper. Obviously, we haven't even talked about him, yeah. but he can play. This was a really, really good win against a UCSB team that's not bad at they're all. They're a solid program. Uh, they have Johan Traore, who was a former, I think, top 50, top 60 player in the country uh, two what two classes ago. He's a mm-hmm. sophomore now, transferred from Auburn, and he had 23 points. But I thought physically UTEP was able to kind of bother him. So 89 points for UTEP for a Joe Golding team. I, I was very, very impressed from this uh, performance. Uh, and UTEP always has, like, a good home crowd, so it's fun. Good win from UTEP. Yeah, I saw some of the videos of the <clears> – <throat> excuse me, some of the videos of the home crowd looked really energized in there um, in the Haskins Arena. I'll say this. The one thing that I'm really liking what I'm seeing is it looks like – it looks like they have guys who can just get shots. Mm-hmm. Like – and and – he kind of hinted at this when he was talking about going from ACU to UTEP. He has the he has the athleticism that he hasn't had before because when they're on fast breaks, they're able just to throw down, right? They're able to get out and run and throw down like they just weren't doing uh, at ACU. But also they were able to get their their lengthy guys like Zid Powell and Tay Hardy. They're not the most efficient scores, but they're able to get shots off in ways that you know uh, we haven't seen we we didn't we weren't seeing at ACU necessarily. So. I think so far, again, you mentioned it. Not a great schedule to start, but this Santa Barbara team was, I think, was legitimately a good a good win for them. Um, they're not turning the ball over in these games so far. Seventh in offensive offensive efficiency or turnover percentage, excuse me. Um, again, two D two teams. You're not supposed to turn the ball over, but I think that that's a decent sign that they're able to hold on to the ball and force turnovers on the other end. So. We'll see, right? I think these shooting numbers will definitely come down to somewhere. I think they're 50th, top 50 right now. They'll probably come down. Yeah. Um, But good start for sure. I think that's something definitely promising from them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What's your last one? All right. Uh, Let me see. I'm trying to think. You know, TCU TCU Rice, women's. We didn't get to talk about them. Yeah. Yeah. Do I want to go with them? I might go with them. Let me see. I talked about Rice women's a lot, though. <laughs> That's true. Did we, yeah. we? Right, we didn't talk about TCU Rice, though, right? No, no, we didn't talk about the game. Yeah, I guess we didn't talk about the game. Okay, I was trying to remember. Um, so, I mean, I, I we could, we could, I can mention that. So, uh, I think TCU is gonna be really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one, like, I don't know. To me, it's crazy how much of a turnaround you can have just by changing the coach, adding a couple players. Like they didn't add twelve players, they added like five, nope. right? 
Um, 67 to 42. What was that? Yeah. 67 to 42. Yeah, yeah. 67 for they just hammer rice. And we can get to rice in a bit. But man, I part of me just wants to be like, I think TCU just might be a middle of the pack of Big 12 team this year. Like they go from the bottom to like potentially middle of the pack. Cause like if they're playing like this, yeah. if Sedona Prince is going to average a double double, mm-hmm. <laughs> like coming in, just walking into the court and just average a double double. Um, Jaden Owens just going to come in at just diming. She had one turnover to six assists. Like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah. And it looked like I didn't even look at this game and was like, oh man, Rice is like, Rice is playing badly. I just thought they were overmatched. Yeah. Like, Malia Fisher, Shelby Hayes, there's they're nothing compared to Sedona Prince in the post. <laughs> yeah, that, this is, I mean, this was a this was a blowout, and that's yeah. a win, like you said, for TCU to start outclassing teams. Last year's team couldn't outclass anybody so this, this early. Is, yeah, this early yeah. in the season. Yeah, so this is a good win. Um, my last thing, I, I should have brought this up right after we got done talking to SMU. Uh, Texas A and M. To me, Texas A&M men's, I do want to go back to them real quick mm-hmm. because I left – they beat Ohio State, right, and SMU. Yeah. They've now beaten Ohio State and SMU um, as two of their wins this season. I think that's noteworthy. I think Texas A&M deserves credit for winning that and pinpointing their top 20 in both offense and defense. Mm-hmm. They've been Commerce, Ohio State, SMU to this point in the season. They've dropped over 70 points in all three games. Like, A&M deserves credit. I watch them, and I think this is first of all, this looks like the same team as last year, except uh, Hefner's playing a lot more. Yeah, uh, Hayden Hefner's playing a lot more. I just there's so much pressure on Way Taylor and Tyrese Raffer like last year to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. And they can be, but um, you know, Way Taylor shot I think it was four of seventeen from the field against SMU. Like they, I'm not sure in the SEC of how many games you can, you can get away with him shooting that. Sure. Way. And it was our concern going into conference last year was like can't wait Taylor take a step forward he did so I'm not concerned with him um but you know that's gonna he's gonna have to be more consistent on that end um Tyrese Radford though I thought he was fantastic 21 points uh just kind of put the team on his back when when Wade Taylor was struggling so uh I didn't want to give a shout out to A&M um and then the second thing I had was a uh, Texas Tech Grandma Castlin against San Jose State won 56 to 42 and um, they had 58 possessions in that game. He's, no, he's for back. reference, North he's Texas back. last year averaged 60 possessions. He's back. <laughs> they had 58 possessions in San, San Jose State and only allowed two points in the last seven and a half minutes. Never, never changed. Never changed, Grant. Never changed. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, so I think uh, by the way, AM, we ridiculed them last year for not doing well with a bad non conference schedule. We'll see this year because this year's non-conference schedule is tough. So here's their – let me. I'm just going to off five. Oral Roberts, Penn State, Virginia, DePaul, Memphis. Yeah. And then they get Houston, I think, in some classic or whatever. So we'll figure this team out. Um, so credit to them for making up that awful non-conference that they didn't do well in last year. Um, all right. A couple other things to note. Nothing, nothing major. Uh, I think I texted you this. UTSA women still know Jordan Jenkins, which is concerning, but – they beat Corpus Christi in overtime, and they beat New Mexico State by three. Again, no Jordan Jenkins yet. Udo is, I believe, Udo is starting at the po- in the post. Um, she's starting. She's not necessarily playing the most minutes. I think there's a combination of Mylins and and, uh, and Rowe. 
there as well. But uh, Kira White, 18 points, five assists to one turnover, six rebounds for her. So could be a potential breakout-ish season from Kira White compared to last year, which would be awesome um, that she's doing this without Jordan Jenkins. Um, let me see. And then something else to watch. Prairie View beat ACU. I don't know if you saw this on the men's side. I saw this. Oh, man, dude. I saw the score in the first half, but I thought ACU was – yeah, no, Prairie View beat wow. ACU. So uh, Chris Felix Jr. dropped 25, Andre Nunley dropped 22, and they got to the line a ton. They both shot 9 of 10 and 12 of 12 from the free throw line. So, wow. again, we've talked about Brett Tanner, and that it's similar with them in Tarleton, where they're just it's at risk for a lot of fouls. And uh, <laughs> Prairie, View, Prairie View beat them, which is wow, crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. so Good great for win for, for Prairie View. Um, Lamar beat UTSA men's. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, how how fast do you think when Jeff Trailer when when slash if a team buys out Jeff Trailer, how fast do you think they wire that money to to fire Stevens? <laughs> Not fast enough. <laughs> Not fast enough. Yeah. Lamar was legitimately better than UTSA in this game too. By the way. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't a fluke. They won ninety to eighty two. Yeah. UTSA couldn't stop me and you from scoring eighty points on them. And the it's, funny thing is, funny thing is, Lamar only shot thirty five percent from the field, but only had eight turnovers. So obviously, getting good shots, had twenty five offensive rebounds. Yeah, and went to line thirty times. So it's not even like Lamar will lit them up. They just like outworked them, out hustled them, got to the line because your defense is poorly taught and poorly executed anyways we'll go down the list later did we uh did we talk about how jordan ivy curry is not eligible now yeah we can talk about it i, mean, I, was, oh, I don't know if we I'll, mentioned that on i'll this tell show. you what it's it's bad for both utsa and pacific pacific got lost to nevada last night by like 56 points so, so everybody loses everybody loses jordan ivy curry utsa pacific everybody so yeah for um, those of you that don't know uh i believe the ncaa waived his wire uh waived his waiver appeal um because he, of course, transferred from UTSA to Pacific, and so yeah. therefore that was his automatic transfer. Tried to transfer back, did not work. NCAA was like, "You are sitting for a year," and he's like, "Well, now I'm stuck here." <laughs> yeah. Um, last two results, real quick, on the women's side, Texas women beat UT Arlington one ten to sixty four. Rory Harmon twenty points, seven assists, four steals, six boards. Shout out one turnover. Shout out Roy Harmon. Houston women beat Sam Houston 106 to 65. Um, Layla Blair 17. They are hammering teams. Have you seen these scores? Houston? Yes. The yes, women. I've seen the first two. Yeah. Air Force and that's ins- they're yeah. Keep an eye out. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that team because obviously obviously we'll get our boy Ron Huey on if, if they keep hammering teams like this. Yeah. But I was I had to blink a couple times when I fell 99-61 against Air Force and then like you said, 106-65 against Sam Houston. It's, I mean, the next doesn't get harder, their, so like they may just continue to do this to teams until they get to the Big 12. They'll be fair in their next six games, except for Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee is going to be tough, but yeah, you know, true. we'll see. I mean, if you could start the year seven and one, I'm come on, come back on the pod, Ron. Come back on the pod. All right, um, that's all we got for y'all uh, this week. Hope y'all enjoyed it. I got to get out and get to the TD Arena to watch basketball for the next at least 12 hours last game at like nine eastern time so i will be here all day but yeah uh, thank you all for joining us uh check out the youtube um check out uh, our twitter dct basketball we appreciate you all for joining us we'll talk to you all later